Captain's Log, Stardate 73926.1. The Vigilant has undergone some upgrades and we are on a brief shakedown cruise where we are picking up our new Strategic Operations Officer and former Ambassador, Lieutenant Commander David. We await to see what this new officer will bring to our ever-expanding crew. This episode of These Are the Voyages is dedicated to old and new legacies. Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, I'm Captain Chase McKinney, and I think we demoted someone. Um, I think I think we demoted our our favorite ambassador uh, from from ambassador to something else. I think we're you're a lieutenant commander now, David. So welcome back. Thanks, man. Yeah, we uh, I, I had to I had to have an official official title. You know, I had to join Starfleet as opposed to just you know. If I show up too much, then you know, th then people are just gonna get suspicious. Why is that ambassador always here? Doesn't he have like any business somewhere? <laughs> Doesn't he have some crap he needs to be doing, <laughs> like ambassadoring or something? The most ineffective ambassador ever. <laughs> he just hangs out at the space station, <laughs> just playing some some Dabu or something, hanging out with them Dabu girls. <laughs> I was kicked out of the the ambassadorial program. <laughs> <laughs> oh good grief well uh yeah so david's been showing up quite a bit and we like it i like it i hope you guys like it too and uh, anyways um I, I told him that i'd been working on a little little something something for the podcast i'm like hey we gotta make sure you actually have a position on this station on this ship so um anyways congratulations david i don't know if you knew this but you are now the strategic operations officer so welcome excellent yeah Thank so you. good old lieutenant commander david so um i guess this is probably a good as good a time as any to let some folks know if you didn't hear in like the last episode or or whatever but this podcast has a website now how about that so we have a website, it's trtvpod.com. I got that .com. I feel like pretty swanky by having the .com. So I've done that a few times in the past too. Like go on to, you know, some of those sites and like I'm gonna reserve this website, and then it's like, oh, it's still there. Just <laughs> <laughs> kind of make you feel special. I feel super special. Like oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, so on the website, we have a couple different things. Um, you can listen there directly. Uh, as these episodes drop, you can just go there. Uh, we also have a subscription uh, page where you can go to like the different platforms that you might enjoy listening on uh, or that you like listen to other podcasts on and just click it and subscribe straight from that website uh, with whatever device uh, that you would stream stuff on. So. Uh, make sure you check it out, and then we also have a, a hailing frequencies uh, page on there, and there's a cool little drop down. I made, I made sure we had a little cool little drop down, because drop downs are cool. And uh, anyways, you can interact and and stuff, and uh, you know, give us show ideas and things that you want to you know talk about, and you know, of course, your your thoughts and opinions, and 
um, other things. So make sure you check it out, trtvpod.com, and uh, go from there. Let us know what you think about the website. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. At least I think I am, for now. So for now, for now. <laughs> so what's been going on in your your neck of the quadrant, my dude? Who? Not a whole lot. I mean, you, you know, things are starting to open up again. You know, from the the quarantining. Um, I was driving downtown today, and uh, social distancing is dead. Uh, <laughs> You know, we, we have a, in, in, where I live now, the, the nondescript town of none of your business. Um, <laughs> we, they were very smart about their city planning where they had the, the cool little old downtown, but they kept it alive. So there's still like the old playhouse that was converted into a three screen movie theater that is a complete nonprofit, uh, which I love going to personally. And then, um, you know, all the little bars and restaurants, and they actually have, like, really good bars and restaurants and some other little shops and stuff. But they they keep it alive. They keep all the, you know, like the Walmarts and stuff, like, on the other side of town in some little weird strip mall. Um, So I was driving downtown, and uh, one of the more popular bars, and a lot of these places have uh, larger outdoor seating areas. And there's like a little area with a big old fountain and a statue and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, just people just all over the place having a good time. So, I mean, obviously, you still got to be careful, right? I mean, we, we don't, we don't want to get crazy. But mm-hmm. um, I, think, I think, you know, a lot of the opinions have, have uh, swayed. And I'm seeing a lot of that. I'm still not really going out and doing much. Although I am going to probably hit the bookstores after this just because... I can, and I'm a nerd, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. Aside from that, no, not not much. Just you know, working still, and uh, you know, trying to finish some projects at my at my dad's place. We, me and my brother, have been uh, attempting to look at cleaning up his deck that he hadn't really taken good care of for years. Uh, you know, just little stuff like that. You know, helping out. <laughs> no, pops. no big deal. Uh, <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I finally finished my brother's birthday present that I was building for him for a while. So we we got together last week and had lunch, and that was nice. And so yeah, I mean, it, it's just you know, it's getting towards nice weather, taking long walks, playing basketball, just you know, having fun, trying to have as much fun as I possibly can while we still have the weather. Now, now the Darth's birthday wasn't like eleven months ago, was it? No, <laughs> no, it, it was it was last month. Uh, Mid mid month. Uh, okay. I, I I was building a guitar for him, and I just ran into some issues with some parts. So. Because that that would have been not, a little that would have been a little embarrassing if it was like almost a year ago. I just finished like, his birthday present. Yeah, he's lucky. I remember. I remember the date, <laughs> sort of, at least close in proximity. I always I kind of get it wrong. I usually think of the wrong week, but uh, yeah, I mean, I remember sort of. <clears throat> yeah. Well. <laughs> You, you do what you can, I suppose. Exactly. But yeah, long walks have been nice to, you know, get into some more literature. Uh, so that's that's been nice, too, because that was always my thing at work. I could pop on the headphones and or like a headphone and, and just, you know, do some audio booking. Yeah. So it's been nice to get out and take a long walk and listen to some audio books, too. Yeah. So, I mean, today uh, we are going to be talking about um, a book. I mean, that's your that's your thing. Like you enjoy books. A literary masterpiece. Totally. 
But apart from like apart from uh, you know what we're going to be talking about today, what it doesn't matter if it's Trek, if it's Star Wars, if it's Shakespeare. Okay, um, what's something else that like maybe you're you're reading or that you've read recently that you'd maybe recommend other people check out? Well, well yeah, let me pop up my list. I I I have. Uh, I have a series that I do I do like, and I can kind of pop on multiple books. I, I've read them several times throughout my life. They're they're written by Patrick O'Brien, and they're uh, they're nautical novels set in like the the late 17, early 1800s uh, with a ship captain. So he he people either like them or they don't because he does get very specific about um, uh, about like names of things like ship names and 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 like the little pieces and parts that make them run and it can get kind of confusing um he literally uh published a whole book called sea of words just to explain all the words he used in the books but um yeah it just it just follows a ship captain and his friend a doctor so i like reading those um queen's peril came out which is uh, one of the new star wars books by ek johnson she is one of my favorite current writers right now she's done uh well queen's peril queen's shadow was the previous one and that's uh following padme uh throughout those and uh what is she i think she also wrote the ahsoka book too but uh anyway she's a great writer so i've been uh i read that this past week and uh, eh, what else? Uh, I, I kind of restarted um, uh, Lord of the Rings again. Periodically, I just like to peek back into those books. And uh, well, I guess I also uh, read through Dan Crenshaw's book Fortitude. I mean, I, I know not everybody's going to be down with uh, with Crenshaw, but a really amazing story. I mean, he literally was blown up in war, and. Uh, fought through a lot of adversity and you know now he's uh serving in congress so very interesting story but yeah those are a couple things that i've sort of been going through here recently gotcha okay this is kind of this is a little off the beaten path uh especially with this show but um i was having a conversation with with my family my, my wife mainly um and we, we had just watched Lion King and Lion King 2 uh, for any of you Disney folks out there and Lion King 1 is 100% Hamlet um, and a few other stories mixed in for good measure but at the core it's, it's, it's Shakespearean Hamlet and then Lion King 2 is Romeo and Juliet and I, I asked her this question of which Shakespeare play is perhaps uh more popular amongst audiences, like just the public in general. What, what do you think about that, David? Uh, I'm going to make a somewhat embarrassing confession. Um, and I can't say with 100% certainty that I have the same opinion now because I haven't watched it in forever. But I remember when the Leonardo DiCaprio version of that Romeo and Juliet, but in modern times came out. And I remember when it came out, I really enjoyed it for some reason. Sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, also I think didn't Mel Gibson do Hamlet or yes, he did. Yeah, that's right. So I, va- I, I, I don't want to talk too much about that because I don't remember it, but I remember watching it. 
Um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like Romeo and Juliet has a lot more appeal to maybe younger folks with sort of odd love. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I would probably, if I had to say which one is more popular with the audience, I'd, I'd probably think Romeo and Juliet. Gotcha. And, and I guess, and that was like what I was getting at uh, to a certain extent. Like I, I kind of anticipated that, uh, you know, that Romeo and Juliet would be probably the popular vote whenever it comes to, to Shakespeare and Lion King two is, is good in its own right, of course. And, but the fact of the matter is it, it didn't get the greatest ratings or reviews from critics whenever it came out in the late nineties. And I was just thinking like, what if, again, if Lion King is Hamlet and Lion King two is Romeo and Juliet, what was it about Lion King 2 that didn't work if Romeo and Juliet is way more popular? But then again, I'm connecting these these big ideas, right? <laughs> that the the well, not, thing is is thing is I don't even remember Lion King 2. Like I I, I just it, it doesn't really come to mind like the plot and the storyline, but obviously the first one and and as far as it for me, I usually like the first movie in a series, especially if it's only like two movies. I tend to always like the first one better. The the kind of uh, exemption to that would have been Empire Strikes Back. I like that way more than A New Hope, which I still love A New Hope, but I still love Empire better. Mm-hmm. Um, but then conversely, like the, uh, the Christian Bale Batman, I love the first one. And I know everybody loves Heath Ledger and all that, and it was great. I still like the first one better. Uh, Iron Man. I still like the first Iron Man better. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of hard to hard to say. But that, that is an interesting analogy. God, Lion King. I haven't watched that in a long time, actually. Yeah, I mean, that, I think part of it has to do with the fact that I have, you know, a little <laughs> a, a little kid. You know, I have I have a Hobbit. I have uh, I have a daughter. So and she's she's tiny and. Like it's become like our tradition, all you people out in podcast land, for my daughter and I, whenever I get her up in the morning, is we sit down and we watch an episode of Lion Guard, um, like the Disney Junior show that was on Disney Junior. So um, like we'll watch that and then she knows that Lion King is my favorite Disney movie. So like she's obsessed with everything Lion King now. And we ended up watching all of Lion Guard. We're on our second viewing of Lion Guard. We're watching Lion. We've watched Lion King, but she doesn't want to watch the live-action Lion King, like the CGI oh, one. Really? Yeah, I watched it. I'm like, eh, this is okay. <laughs> but yeah, we've seen that. We've watched. We started watching Timon and Pumbaa, the the TV show that was on the '90s. Lion King two, Lion King one and a half, anything Lion King, we are watching it or we have watched it. So. Sorry for that little aside. I know we're do- we are apparently doing a Star Trek podcast, <coughs> so yeah. yeah. I mean, lions in space. Yeah, space. like that's 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 James Kirk. He's a lion in space, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, James T. Kirk. Oh yeah, he's a lion, all right. All right, he's is he <laughs> lion or is he a lion? <laughs> good baby, very good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I wish I had like one of those like pads right now that I could just hit a button and hear like a lion roar. I've thought about uh, actually 
like getting into that as as well a couple of times. <laughs> there, there's a few there's a few out there that aren't super expensive that you that are very easy uh, to use. Heck, all the streamers just use uh, what is it, stream decks, and and those are just basically push button play sound. Yeah. One day, one day yeah. when we get bigger, when we're bigger podcasters, when we're when we're big boy podcasters. Oh boy. <laughs> I want to be a real boy. Oh goodness, man! We've we've been kind of shooting the breeze for like 16 minutes of this this podcast, just talking about <laughs> Lion King and book recommendations. And one one of the jokes from my podcast was like, I don't know, it's it's probably been over a year ago. We post the epi- the audio version of e- the episodes on YouTube just because it's an option you can do through Podbean. Yeah. And <laughs> I just, I, I, there were three comments and it never, I mean, there's very little watch on there and I, I don't care. That's fine. Uh, most of ours are just, you know, through your audio listening apps. But we had this one guy and there were three separate comments that I was like, he would, <laughs> he'd point out the specific time code. It's like 10 minutes without any Star Wars. 15 minutes without any Star Wars, 30 minutes without any Star Wars. I'm reporting you. So one of our one of our jokes <laughs> that we always do is like, man, we're really not talking about Star Wars enough. We might get reported or something. So <laughs> that guy's that guy's giving us a running meme. <laughs> well, um, if you guys want to do any hate tweeting, you can do that at TCP. <laughs> TCP. <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good grief, good grief. Well, yeah, things are things are interesting um, here in Texas. It's hot. It is hot. Um, and apparently, you know, the heat is supposed to kill the Rona um, quicker. So we'll see. We'll see about that. And um, other than that, man, like, I'm just working like a dog with school and work and everything else in between. And I gotta say, I'm pretty dang proud of myself right now because for the last two years, I've been burning up in my office slash studio because I don't have a fan. Like, I don't have a ceiling fan. And in Texas, that's, that is like a must. That's not a luxury, it's a must in Texas, having ceiling fans in every room, basically. And uh, I bought one, and I installed it, and it's right above me right oh, now. yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm living the dream right now. Two years later of, <laughs> of owning this house and... Man, here we go, here we go, here we go. So, anyway, I guess enough of that nonsense. We got to talk about something. So, besides what we talked about, because we did talk about something. So, today, dear listeners, we are talking about um, a book, slash audiobook, slash adventure, that some of you may have heard of, others maybe not so much, and it's called The Ashes of Eden. It's a Star Trek novel co-written by William Shatner. Uh, Judith Reeves Stevens and Garfield Reeves Stevens as part of what they're calling the Shatnerverse, and it's a series of novels. Um, and this is Shatner's first Trek collaboration uh, when it comes to to books and things like that. So how about that, huh? Yeah, I, I had not heard of this uh, before. You had kind of talked about it when we I don't know we were recording something or just having conversation between you, me, and Eric. And, um, yeah, I, I was, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I never, I love the show and the movies, obviously. So that was always kind of like my, my realm for, for Trek. I never really got into many of the books, but we did do, um, 
Oh, uh, the, the Picard book. Um, Last Best Hope. Last Best Hope. And I was like, okay, this this is this is interesting. We can we can try to you know do a little bit more, but just just knowing that William Shatner somehow had a hand in this book and then also voiced the audio book, I was like, okay, yeah, that we we could do we could we could look into that. We could do that. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's sneak a peek. Let's see what happens, guys. Oh, good grief. Well. Uh, there were a couple things uh, with this that I just wanted to kind of say, uh, at least when it came to the production of this. So um, there was a book called Federation that um, the other two co-authors besides Shatner, so the so Judith and Garfield, uh, Reeve Stevens, they got contacted by Pocket Books, who was the I guess the publisher for this book when it came out in the the mid 1990s. Uh, and they were asked whether they'd be interested in having a collaboration with Shatner on this on this new book. And Shatner, uh, at this time, uh, for the most part, had had just finished filming Star Trek Generations. Uh, which spoilers for any of our our new people out there. Uh, he he kind of died. <laughs> uh, he he kind of died. It's tough to spoil a how, how many year old movie. <laughs> uh, thirty four. No, 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 not thirty four. Twenty four. Twenty four years. Wow. It's really been twenty four years. Sorry, twenty five years. It came out in nineteen ninety four. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Nineteen ninety four is when that came out. Uh, so, anyways, with generations, um, there's a point in which. It's kind of like the the handing off of the baton, you know, passing of the torch, so to speak, uh, from the original crew to the next generation crew for the movies. Now we've seen that kind of happening, right? Like in each of these iterations of the Star Trek TV shows, like the pilot of of Next Generation, we have a very, very, very old uh, Bones, uh, Leonard McCoy, who's now an admiral, who's on the on the Enterprise D. And we have Picard, who shows up in the pilot episode of Deep Space Nine. We have Quark, that shows up in the premiere of uh, Voyager. Which I actually just started rewatching. Well done, well done. <laughs> and I can't, I don't know if we can really say that there was a crew member from, you know, Next Gen that did like the handoff for Enterprise, but we did get uh, Zephram Cochran, who was kind of connected. Yeah to um, at least the next generation era like with first contact and then that final episode that happened that we do not talk about (laughs) even though this show is named after (sighs) it's 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 a loose connection apparently but uh anyway so it was this was um something that shatner and the people at pocketbooks this publishing company they wanted the character. They wanted Kirk's story to continue somehow, uh, which is, I guess, in sci-fi, all things are possible, uh, including no one's ever really dead. So it was this novel that we're going to be talking about. This story that we're talking about was set immediately prior to the events of uh, Generations, and uh, the the manuscript that ended up being developed was very well received by people. And they wanted to know if there was going immediately wanted to know if there was going to be a sequel that was going to be uh, written. 
So, and we can talk about what that means in terms of the story and the narrative that we were reading and hearing um, through this discussion. So I guess before we, we really dive into the meat and potatoes of, of this particular story with the Ashes of Eden, uh, which is the first of three books in the Shatnerverse um, trilogy, I guess, what did you think of Star Trek Generations and kind of what they were doing with the original series crew? So, just being forthright, I actually enjoy all of the Star Trek movies in some form or fashion. Uh, So, it's very hard for me to downgrade anything. And so, Generations, we had the whole energy ribbon, and that's where Guinan was in at one point. And uh, we have our our main bad guy, which I can't remember his name, so sorry. Sorry. I'm trying to get back there. And uh, then we also discover that uh, that Kirk was transported into this ribbon uh, through the accident on the um, how was it the 1701B, and I, I thought it was it, it was a cool way to bring him in to a movie that could also tie him into a storyline with with Picard, and uh, I don't know I enjoyed the movie. I actually kind of enjoyed it for what it was. It was kind of uh, kind of sad to sort of finally, <laughs> literally, bury Kirk. Um, but I don't know. I, th- I think it was as I think it was as good a send off as you were probably going to get at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I I, th- I think what is it the. Uh I think it's the even, isn't the even numbered? Uh, no, I'm sorry. The odd numbered Star Trek movies usually get uh, a bad rap for for mm. quality and like with production and story and things like that. And Generations usually ends up on that list for whatever reason. Uh, there's that. There's Final Frontier, uh, which was Star Trek V. There's Search for Spock, which was. Star Trek three, and then of course there's the motion picture, which was the first one. So one three five seven, so far, is getting a bad rap. And the other and the even number one, so Wrath of Khan, Voyage Home, Undiscovered Country, First Contact, they're getting great reviews, great uh, reception from the fans. And the Final Frontier was the uh, oh. Remind me of the plot of that one, because I actually think that I kind of enjoyed that one, too. Final Frontier, that was uh, Spock's, I think, half-brother, Cybok, uh, oh, yeah, was yeah. essentially leading a crusade and, right. tr- and trying to get to heaven, basically, which was at the center of the galaxy, needing a ship to get to the center of the galaxy. And this yeah. was, and this was uh, the movie that took place immediately following uh, Kirk's demotion from Admiral to Captain, and they're all singing campfire songs and... At Yosemite, basically. That's right. Yeah, it was uh, the the line that, um, funny enough, was in a uh, Tupac song. I uh, what is it? I feel your pain. Share it with me. Yep. Yep. And and I gotta say, like, I I enjoy all the Star Trek movies, you know, in their in their own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I'm gonna have favorites. Everyone's gonna have their own favorites, but oh, yeah. I really 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 enjoy generations um yep. not it's not going to be as much of, as first contact because everyone knows i love first contact 
But Generations, I think, is a solid movie. It's great. I mean, especially like when they're on the old like Enterprise ship, which is the Lady Washington, by the way. That's up. Um, it's it's docked in Washington, by the way, Washington or um, Oregon, I think. And uh, it's that's actually the same ship that's used in um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, really? Yeah. So I was like, that ship looks so familiar. And yeah, it's it's still in commission. It's it, it's still in movies and doing things. And it's just crazy to believe that they've kept that ship in such good working order for like the last 25 years at least. Yeah. yeah. Since it appeared. But we're not here to talk about the next gen cast. Um, but are you sure? You don't want to interject Riker in something? <laughs> For those of you without video, <laughs> he is wearing his I am number one shirt. Yep. Uh, anyway, I, I, I liked, I liked uh, the fact that we got to see the next Enterprise because we had seen all the Enterprises up to this point except for the B and, of course, the NX, which we didn't see for a number of years later, like, you know... Uh, seven years later, six and a half, seven years later. So the fact that we got to see the B and that it was actually an Excelsior class was fantastic. Uh, yeah. with, with so much crap that they were giving about Excelsior class ships, uh, I, I love the fact that that that's what it was. Uh, I mean, ILM like they they made all they made all these like mockups, right? So they have to they have to use them. They pay they pay the good money to use them. So let's use them, and then let's blow it up. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. But, you know, it's not the first Enterprise to be, uh, you know. Uh, but I I like the fact that Kirk, at least in Generations, that he's retired and that he's kind of uh, uneasy about this retirement. And we see that playing out on the bridge when yep. they're, like, trying to leave Space Dock. And then that that's a theme that's, a, that's kind of a something or another that kind of comes back in this book as well. So I like the little threads that they're connecting with generations and with this book about this unease of being retired, basically. Um, and like glory days is kind of like a theme that I was kind of picking up on with with the Ashes of Eden. Um, and even I, I know I think what's what's the joke or not maybe not the joke, but there's like this saying, and it's completely escaping me right now, David, but. It was about how Kirk was on the always on the bridge, and now the bridge is on Kirk. In terms of like his death, like they thought Kirk was going to die on a bridge, but instead, oh. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, I don't remember the exact quotation, but I, I know what you I know what you mean. But like the 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 fact that we have that we have the the nexus which was that energy ribbon you were talking about that nexus got there, yeah. that got him seventy five ish years in the future to the time of of next gen you know the twenty fourth century uh, I thought that was good I thought that was good how they did that and then that how that connects directly with what we're t- going to be talking about with this and and Viridian three uh, where and he was say, where he was though, buried right and then just just as a quick aside. It's very hard to let go of characters, especially to have their actual death be recorded in in a show or a movie. One of the things that I'm not a fan of, and I, I've said this before, and it happens a lot with, with Star Wars too, 
where you kill, you quote, quit kill a character, but they're never really gone. And then they come back. Darth Maul was a huge one for that. And granted, I did like some of the things they did with him after he was literally chopped in half and thrown down a, you know, freaking shoot, but whatever. Um, the same thing with Kirk. I don't know how I would have felt if they would have like brought him back and then he's just alive now. I, I guess technically you have Scotty. I mean, he came back too. I did. I did like that episode. It was relics, I think. Yeah. And, uh, but at the same, at the same token, it's like, sometimes you just have to let the past be the past and you have to, you have to end it. And I think, again, I think it was a good end. I don't know what I, what I would have felt if they would have continued him on. What, what do you think if they would have like, if Kirk would have lived through generations? You know, that's a very interesting question because um, there's been a recent news article. I don't know if you've you've caught wind of this, David, about about the possibility of Kirk returning like old man Kirk, like William Shatner Kirk returning um, in a live action of some sort um, up and um, as as early as I think it was January, February. He's like, nope, Kirk stuff has played out. I don't, I don't want to do any more with him, but I think it has something to do with the success of Picard that he's, he's kind of singing a new tune where he's like, I, I'd be more open to it as long as it wasn't like a cameo or, uh, or, or something like that. Like I wouldn't want it to be like a 10 second appearance. I'd want it to be something substantial is essentially what, what Shatner was saying. So my God, he is 89 years old. Yes, he is. And he doesn't look a day over like 60 something. That's insane. I, I born in 1931. Isn't that crazy? That is nuts. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, aside from Trek, he actually had a, had a, a good career just in acting, but at, at any rate, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I would think about that. I mean, what would be, I guess what would be the point? You know what I mean? Cause like P- Picard, I, I, I sort of understand a little bit of the point of that, but like, again, so are they going to retcon that he died or are they going to do like a, like a search for Spock and he transferred his cotron <laughs> to Picard before he died or something? I mean, what's up? Or is he going to be, you know, resurrected somehow don't, and put into... I was into- about to say, don't, don't, don't you dare say he's a, a synth or something like that. Let's not do that crap again. <laughs> Only complaint about Picard was that. I mean, <laughs> we have the technology... We can make him better. The, the six million dollar man. Right? Kirk. James Captain Kirk. T. Kirk. <laughs> I don't so, know. I, I don't know how I'd feel about that. I, I I really I really like Kirk and so and I. and the TOS crew. Uh the original inter I can't I don't yeah, the, I guess the original Enterprise crew. I feel weird saying that you, because he's not the original Enterprise crew. But anyways. But would you... Well, that, that's another thing, though, because in Picard, they brought back certain members of the crew. You know, they have Riker and Troy, and, you know, you get mentions of other ones, but what... Uh, Leonard Nimoy's dead. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm blanking on the, the actual name of Dr. McCoy, but he passed. DeForest uh, Kelly, yeah, he he yeah, died DeForest in Kelly. 1999, I want to say. Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, James Duhon's dead. Yep. Right. So, 
Uh, Nichelle Nichols is alive, but she's that, not yeah. in very good good health. Yeah. Of course, again, we're talking about a show that that aired a long time ago, though, too. So, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it just feel sad? Because even Picard had an air of sadness to it, like be getting old and not, you know, like in the very first episode, he's not able to run upstairs anymore. Uh, so now you're talking about a 90 year old William Shatner coming back and like, what's he going to be able to do? Cause like Trek, Trek is kind of physical in a lot of ways. It's definitely scientific, but there's also the air of physicalness like they're all in physical shape but that was a big thing in enterprise where you, you remember they're all working out in their workout room <laughs> oh i'm in the zero g ball this is gonna get my abs so ripped uh let's battle it out on the on the treadmills <laughs> you know hey let's let's uh, let's take our shirts off and, and show off how how buff we are but <clears throat> you know again there's some physicality to it as well I don't know. I don't know. That'd be an interesting thing to speculate about. Well, like, I think that's a good point in in terms of the movies. Uh, or not even the movies, just, like, the, the trajectory of Kirk, for the most part, is, you know, y- you think about it, and, and Shatner was, what, in his, I think his mid-30s, thereabouts, whenever original, yeah. when the original show came out. And, yeah. and so that, that, was on from 66 to 1969 and then it was off the air I mean yes the original cast lent their voices to the animated series in the 70s but you know when they when Paramount and and you know folks were talking about them like actually putting Trek on the big screen you know Shatner was was very uh, apprehensive about it due to the fact that he's like I don't think the audience really wants to see a middle-aged Kirk. And I I'm just speaking for myself, just my own my own opinion. I like middle-aged Kirk better than I did, you know, 30-something-year-old Kirk. I like the stories better. Yeah. I I think I think if I think if you would have shifted that up a couple of decades though, the original series, I I I just feel like maybe the opinion would be different, but I, I do get I do get what you what you mean there, and you know what I'm going to throw this out because we haven't even talked about the book, but I do want to throw this out. You know one one particular ship slash era that I think would be really cool to explore. Hmm. <clears throat> the Enterprise C. Yeah. I think that I mean because obviously it comes up. I I was just looking at all the Enterprise because we were talking about it. So in service for 12 years, and then of course. Uh, we had uh, it was yesterday's Enterprise where they you know kind of come back and then they take Tasha Yar and that's how we get uh, Romulan Tasha, but not that event, but like it's it's lead up. Yep, I think that that would be a, like a cool section to explore. But what do I know? That'd be very cool. <laughs> but yeah, that'd be, that'd be really cool. You know, and the, we're we're jumping all over the place, and I love this. Um, the the fact that you know when when they were creating whenever they were like starting with um with enterprise and they knew what or, or not not enterprise i'm sorry with next gen they knew what what the the 1701 looked like they knew what the excelsior looked like and all these other things and they knew that they had to have some kind of like in between 
development. So like the fact that they made it kind of like this, the like the love child basically of of like these ships. Like it just fits in so well developmentally. But I want I want to go back just for a hot second to something that you're talking about, like with resurrections. Um, I know that's kind of a beef with you with what they do with characters. And truth be told, that was that was something that. Uh, like kind of connecting the, the Shatner thing with returning or not returning type of thing uh, was that Leonard Nimoy was done. Like he was so done and over with, with being, with being Spock. He's like, I don't want to do this anymore, man. And that's why he thought it would be appropriate to kind of die. Like have this grand heroic exit uh, in wrath of Khan. And there was so much, uh, so many like feelings and emotions and, maybe even a certain hint of, of outrage that was going on that they're like, well, I guess we can bring him back. Mm-hmm. And I, it, I think it works. I, I think uh, this was something that I raised with uh, Eric whenever we were talking about the initial reaction to Picard, uh, Picard season one finale. And I, was like, I think it, that works for, for Spock because of like the Vulcan mythos, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like they would have to be like something really good to to really make sense. But I'm I'm okay just like leaving Kirk where he's at. I think like constantly kicking the can down the road is a disservice because we're not really getting closure on something, and we have to grieve these characters. Um, yeah. And however long we get them for is how long we get them for. I'm. I mean, I'm upset about some characters that have like left, big and small, in Star Trek. But, anyways, but resurrection is definitely something that we're going to be talking about in this episode. Yeah, and then j- just one more quick aside here, uh, and it's actually more of a question for you because, again, I'm not real well versed in the Trek books. But was there ever any like series about like Lieutenant Kirk, like Farragut Kirk? There's nothing that comes to mind immediately uh apart from like i have i have the star trek chronology little like handbook right next to me and that's that's about it that that's coming to mind uh maybe some of our listeners uh can think of stuff you know how it is david you're recording and you you know stuff and then it just goes too true it beams right out of your head whenever you need to, you know, call on it. Yeah, I, I just, I just think instead of going like to the future, it might be interesting to like go way back. Because even my nautical books that I was talking about, the first book starts with him like becoming a master commander, which is you're captaining a ship, but you're not technically a captain. But they never explain him being like a midshipman or a lieutenant. They just go kind of into it as he's a little bit older. That seems to be a common theme. It's like, give us some Kirk Blow decks, man. (laughs) (laughs) I think maybe the closest we're going to get, and I hope this isn't treason by me saying it, but I think the closest we're going to get is probably going to be like the 2009 to, you know, 16 Mm. era stuff. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Good old Chris Pine. Yeah. And the very shiny, shiny, shiny ships with their lens flares. 
tons of lens flares. Tons of lens. I flares. still like the first movie in that series, though, and I um kind of I kind of enjoyed Khan the, the the second one as well. I'll say this: like I, I had my brother-in-law come over not too long ago, and he wanted to watch it, so um, he brought over like um, JJ Trek one and JJ Trek two, and we watched it, and. I, I remember not being as viscerally upset th- this time watching Into Darkness. Um, I was actually enjoying the movies for what they were, and that's just, you know, a movie, like yeah. with some with some Star Trek stuff thrown in. So, I don't know. I don't know. But with with uh, with this this book, okay. So this is the first of three, and. So we have we have Spock. So let's let's talk about who we got in this. We have the original crew, okay, at different ages. So congratulations, everyone that's really digging the original crew, the Kirk's crew. We got them. They're here. So we got Spock in his ambassadorial uh, form, the one that David used to have. <coughs> yep. Mm-hmm. We'll talk. We'll talk about the charges later. <laughs> And uh, Spock is is on Viridian three, and he's saying you know basically goodbye to his bud. Um, he's standing at the site where where Picard had ended up burying Kirk, uh, following the events of like the Nexus and and uh, Tully and Soren from generations, and the fact that the bridge had now kind of crushed Kirk uh, in Kirk's heroic attempt to save Picard, so that Picard could save everyone else so it's at this point that we get like a flashback we're hitting the rewind button and now we're going back six months prior to kirk getting on the enterprise b the the ship that he was on that was going to be causing some issues for him and uh and going bye-bye with his presumed death so um, how are you feeling about this setup so far with, with what they're doing at this point in the story? Um, yeah, I mean, the Ambassador Spock on Viridia. Okay, I mean, that, that's that's fine. That That's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. The uh, What we kind of turn to find out is like, a, like some weird full-body virtual reality suit. Like, what's up with that? Um, I, I thought it was, it was interesting because obviously that was... The, the whole uh, scenario there was very central to a lot of his character and then later decision making because the whole point is is that he he kind of hesitated a bit uh, and then they gave him the scenario again with uh, did the little smoke monster thing have like a name that I'm not remembering or are we just going to call it smoke monster Let's just just go with smoke monster Okay, smoke monster. Uh, so the whole thing was is he has the, the, quote, chance to sort of redo his decision. And in this case, he very clearly tells the Farragut, you know, okay, shoot the thing. It's cool. And, uh, of course, then in this scenario, the smoke monster goes and destroys the Farragut and then basically goes and picks them off. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's not what happened. Um, but uh, I actually thought it was kind of cool personally and again it, it it's kind of it, it solidifies the opinion it's like let's just get below decks kurt kirk 
and and let's just see this let's just actually live this time frame and then the finality of that is his decision with the smoke monster there are very clear endpoints for these stories but yeah i thought it was kind of neat i just thought it was weird that it's like some full body suit with booties and everything is it is it too is it too heavy <laughs> no it's perfectly fine <laughs> Now, one thing I, I just I envision like one of those old style diver suits with the big brass helmets. Yeah. <laughs> yep. One thing that that I was trying to think of, maybe I was just getting lost in the sauce, but I was legitimately trying to, to think of when Holodex really entered the yeah. scene. Yeah. I mean, you had like you had like a little hint of it in. Uh, shoot Star Trek the animated series which I mean that is basically the final year of of uh, original Star Trek so what do you do with that yeah I know I because like the whole thing is, is holodecks I don't think they were really like used used as a, well part of storytelling or just part of recreation really until the next I mean the next gen um, and then you, you you had you know you had some stuff in Voyager you obviously had quite a bit in Deep Space Nine um, Enterprise they didn't have one but they did encounter the one species that did have a, like a kind of a basic holodeck uh, that led to the first impregnation of a man <laughs> I, I do love Enterprise so that was a good show um, but yeah yeah I don't know I, I, like I said, I just found it strange that you have this whole body suit. It's like, is he moving around? Or is it just moving for him? Mm-hmm. I was just a little confused by that. It was a l- little odd, like, trying to make sense of that. And uh, apart from that, like, when we're when we're in this, this, this beginning part of this book, were you getting some, some Wrath of Khan, like, early movie vibes with this? Like, with the fact that the 1701A is being relegated to war games and simulations and and stuff like that and and that Kirk is basically kind of over it yeah 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 I'm I'm, I'm with you there uh, I'll tell you that the, the first whole sort of part of this you know you, you, you obviously get the the A is, is going to be, like you said, uh, decommissioned for war games. And then you have Admiral Drake's kind of confirmation as the Supreme Commander-in-Chief. Have we heard that title before? Supreme Commander-in-Chief? Kind of sounds like a Klingon thing, honestly. Hello. I mean, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you, you sort of get, obviously, the, the decision with Spock. It's like, I'm going to enter the ambassadorial prog- program. I've got things work with my with my father the Romulan Vulcan reunification so that's already on his mind mm-hmm. uh, so so we have that and but bones still staying in Starfleet medical they talk about passion they talk about usefulness and I think again it, it definitely sets up Kirk for what is my use and he's he's like he even tells him is like I'm thinking of leaving Starfleet of course Drake who if you didn't think that that was a bad guy from the very beginning. <laughs> I need you to read more books, okay? Because it was like the quintessential, like, tweedly mustache, monocled bad guy. Uh, 
<laughs> it's like, okay, he's going to be bad, and I don't trust him. I would have been more surprised if he turned out to be a good guy than being a bad guy. <laughs> so, yeah. I thought that the, the conversation that he had with Bones and, and, and uh, Spock was, it's sad, but it's also, I thought it was very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Drake having no issues with giving Kirk a hard time about anything. Jimbo, about, Jimbo, Jimbo, Jimbo. I, you know, I don't drink. And if you if you folks out there in podcast land do, good for you. Just drink responsibly. But like that, I swear, dude, that could have been a drinking game. <laughs> well, just his first name was uh, was obnoxious. He was just built to be hated. What was it? Uh, Andrevar. Andrevar Drake. (laughs) Where did that come? My name is Andrevar Drake, Admiral Supreme Commander-in-Chief of Starfleet. What the heck is a a Supreme Commander-in-Chief? Yeah, so is that like the mash between the head of Starfleet and like the president? Because I mean, they have they had presidents. Yeah, you have so you have the president of the Federation. The Federation, yeah. And then you have the CNC of Starfleet. <laughs> right. I'm the SCNC. I mean, so that, does that mean like I mean I, they weren't using pips, but are you like a six pip <laughs> admiral or something? <laughs> I don't know. Or or, or do they just give you a star? Do you just have a star for your rank now? Because to hack to hack with pips. <laughs> or just braids give, or give, whatever you know just give them just give them some of the old school uh uh like the, the big gold tassel things that you that they wore on like the uniform coats and the yeah, way way back G- give him uh, give him the supreme commander give him give him a double tootsie roll rank you know like that's <laughs> just just give it to him just why, why not it's like, well, how about a crown? I mean, uh, would a crown be okay, guys? I mean, uh, you know. <laughs> it's got to be bedazzled. <laughs> it's rhinestones, got- rhinestones, rhinestones. Lots of bling. Lots of shiny. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just walks in looking like a like a 1970s country star with a big red red coat and matching pants with just sequins all over the place. <laughs> Supreme commander walking through. He'd, he'd probably look like something like uh, like Q, you know, would would, would do, <laughs> like with his big old like gaudy uh, costumes and outfits that he would wear on the bridge of the Enterprise. Oh uh, goodness, there you go. Oh my gosh! Like the episode where uh, where Riker is is made into a Q, you know, in like season That's I think right. it's season one or something. Wow! Yeah, yeah. And like he's wearing like the old like French like regiment like French officer yeah. type of thing. It's like super like. You know, lots of pomp to it, and anyway. Well, we we can't we can't move on past this party without talking about the woman. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, we're we're clearly establishing that Kirk is no longer prejudiced against Klingons because now we have we have the half Klingon, potentially half Vulcan. Oh no, wait. Half Romulan. So wait, there's three things that she's half of. Well, no, no, that's what he said at first. Is like, oh no, 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 Jim, no, we don't associate with that. That's that's a, 
that's Spock saying that. Uh, no, no, no. Clearly, more obviously and logically Romulan. It's like, are you sure, Spock? I mean, pointed ears, pointed ears, right? Reunification for life. <laughs> Hashtag reunification. There you go. So yeah, we got we got this this chica uh, Jade, I believe was her name. Now that that was that I'm was sorry. the admiral's daughter. Taylani. There we go. Taylani. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we have we have Taylani. We have these we have these two chicas that are kind of you know hanging out in the story with with uh, with Kirk and company. So we have Jade and Taylani that end up playing a uh, kind of a significant role throughout the rest of the story. Yeah. So I guess just spoiling already, but Jade Ariadne was her actual name. Ariadne, dun dun dun, dun Drake. They like these really complicated A names, don't they? They do. They really do. Yes. Yeah, uh, it, well, I think Bones made the joke, it, what was it, like you're going to add Cradle Robber to your to your list of things or something? Because she's obviously very much younger, or at least looks that way, uh, compared to Kirk, who is, he's, uh, what, 60 in this book? Something like that, yeah. That 50s, sounds right. 60s? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he definitely, at least 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Still got a lot of tread left on those tires, man. They might be white walls, but they can still get you on the road. That'll do. That'll do. Oh, man. So there's... there's. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna definitely bring up another like movie connection here in a second. I don't. I don't necessarily want to go through like every little detail because I want people to like go sure. go download this the audiobook or go pick it up at like a like an Amazon or a half price books or wherever you can get your hands on it and enjoy this for yourself and arrive at your own conclusions. But did you? And I might be like again. I might be jumping ahead on this, David. But did you get any Star Trek Insurrection vibes with this stuff in this book? Oh, a hundred percent. That's exactly yeah. That's exactly what I thought. It's like, so did the creators of Insurrection just read this book and then just like copy it, <laughs> or was it vice versa? When did Insurrection come out? Nineteen ninety eight. This came out nineteen ninety five. Yeah, so they totally just copied this book. Basically. basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's talk about the Admiral. <laughs> yeah. Dirty Admiral, uh, we got species, uh, uh, two of the same species, but you don't quite know it yet, battling each other for control of something. Mm-hmm. Dirty Admiral wants it for himself, but he just has a daughter now. Yeah, it's crazy. But uh, but you also mentioned past characters. We, we do see Chekhov in Ahura doing mm-hmm. secret agent man stuff. And we still have Sulu, who's sitting in the center seat on the Excelsior. Yeah, that's right. And um, the, I thought it was kind of interesting. There's there's a point in this story. Um, I, I want to say it was. So I, I listened to the audiobook. Did you you listen to the audiobook Same. as well? Okay. So um, I don't know what actual chapter number it would have been in the book, but I but I think it was chapter two. Maybe chapter, th- actually, I think it was chapter three, of of the audiobook, where Kirk wants to do something with like slingshotting around the sun again, and doing a little time travel or something like that. If I'm not mistaken, 
Or at least he's joking about it. Uh, well, I, they do have that reference at the very end. That, yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. And he doesn't know how to do it, so Sulu ends up beaming right. over over to um, the ship and Captain Sulu sitting at, the, at the, the navigation station. And he does it because no one else knows how to do it. Yeah, I, d- I did find that, despite the fact that in Voyage Home, it was Spock who made the calculations for the jump back. So, whatever. It's cool. Slingshots. To be honest with you, I, I actually don't like time travel arcs uh, in stuff. It's it's usually my least favorite because it's always, it's always a dichotomy between do, can you upset the timeline... Or is everything fixed and whatever you do is just going to perpetuate the future? Mm-hmm. So is it fruitless? It, for, you know, It's just like you can't change anything or you can change everything. Enterprise, you could change everything. Um, I, think, I think with Voyage Home, it was more like you're just sort of a party to it. And that, you know, the, the story made it seem very small. So what they did probably wouldn't do much. Uh, and then first contact it was very much you could completely change everything again I just don't really like time travel well 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 there we go you heard it here folks no no time travel for David Preferably not. but yeah I mean but Sulu's back at the helm at, at one point in the story I mean we have everyone basically right where they need to be you know doing their doing their thing again in the story and i like the revelation that's really taking place um at different points in in the story of of uh you know kirk and and um and the admiral kirk and jade kirk and and just all the characters that are just intermingled and and doing their thing, I thought that was I thought it was very done very well, um, albeit cheesy. You know, it's 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 got it's got some cheese to it, but it's it's still good. Well, when we were talking about stuff before, we hit the record button. I kind of like I got the vibe like this is very much like an episode that could have happened in the '60s. It felt like that kind of. You know, you have the the really hot young girl and Kirk who just happens to be old now and they're totally into each other. But, oh, wait, there's a kind of a halfway double cross, but you have the 007. My entire shtick changes you uh, to my side, Uh, you know, and you can't you can't really betray me and all that sort of stuff. So it did kind of seem like. like an older way of telling a story, but you, but like, again, to your point, you did sort of get the, uh, the nostalgic feels with everybody at their posts on the old enterprise. It's, you know, it might have disruptors on it now and, you know, some other technology that isn't Starfleet, but it's still the enterprise. And, um, you also, you also get, get the destruction of the enterprise too, but you know, <gasps> yeah. And, did you did you um, catch on to the part in again? I think it was chapter chapter three in the audiobook where like there's just like this very oh I wish I wish I had written it down. 
now, but um, just like how how she's talking to Kirk about like come hither type yeah. of thing, and I think she's saying something like um, show me what kind of captain you are or or show me who show me who Captain Kirk is or something like that, and I'm like this if this isn't 007 classic yeah. Kirk I don't know what is. She just needed a she just needed a 007 name like they always denigrate women with in there. Yep. Uh, well, I mean they they had the description several times about like you know wearing nothing more than like a piece of silk that was <laughs> barely clothes. <laughs> oh goodness, but yeah. Yeah, super super Romulan Klingons. Potential doomsday devices, uh, fountain of youth, and uh, Kirk still working the mojo. How could you get much better than that? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I would I would say that. And I, I, just a moment ago, I asked you know about insurrection, but one hundred percent, if you enjoy inter- insurrection, this book is definitely for you. Okay. If you don't like insurrection, this book this book is still definitely for you. There are some differences, obviously, because like insurrection, the whole thing was the planet, the the, the planet and its position and timey wimey sort of pseudoscience, keeping everyone young. In this one, it's a little different. They are kept young, but through more genetic manipulation than anything else, and and essentially a race of test tube babies that were like the hybrid splice between Romulans and Klingons and humans. Uh, and that was the sort of fountain of youth that could potentially happen, uh, which is of course what Drake was after. But uh, yeah, definitely gives off the vibes. I love insurrection though. I still love that movie. It's good. It's, it's, it grows on me each and every time I watch it. Um, so, so with with uh, with what what's happening in this and there's I know we talked about the beginning a lot and we're kind of leaving the middle out a little bit maybe kind of on purpose <laughs> um, and then a little bit with the end of like that admiral that rogue admiral right the supreme CNC whatever we're gonna call Drake now again he's we're still playing that drinking game he's constantly saying Jimbo especially in the last two chapters really the last like yeah. chapter three of of the audiobook there's just a lot of jimbo and like antagonizing kirk over and over and over again and then you you have kirk that's citing all these regulations and he's like yeah. back in his old form basically you know with with standing up for what starfleet is meant to represent and protecting this this you know species protecting this grouping of of people uh from you know blasting them out of the sky basically blasting them into oblivion and i gotta say like at that point i don't know about you but whenever i was listening to the to that and and that conflict and like the stuff going back and forth i didn't feel like i was listening to an audiobook at that point i i felt immersed in a star trek adventure apart from an audiobook did you have similar vibes or, or maybe not not as much no i i agree with you there um i think that 
again, I felt that it was short, like maybe maybe you could have definitely elongated on certain parts of the story, but it definitely did feel far more immersive. You know, they, they actually talked about like, uh, or wrote about uh, ship tactics. You know, he had, Kirk was back in command. He had tactics again. He was using his advantages, pressing the advantages, but also still kind of had that air of invincibility uh, back, you know, being the protector at uh, the, the Starfleet captain, the quintessential Starfleet captain. Um, and one other thing, though, it just popped in my head, so I don't want to forget it, but there's an episode of the original series where they they find a planet and, you know, it's like really idealistic, so they do shore leave, but it winds up that there are like these, uh, what were they, like little robots and there's like Don Quixote and, you know, like Bones dies, but they're brought back, so it's like a never die planet type of deal. And Kirk encounters someone from his past that I, I think... It, I think that that guy and they had this whole fight and they're running around and playing together. But I think he also was like doing that whole Jimbo Jimba, you know, but just more Irish. Like he had the, like an Irish accent. You remember that, that episode? I might not know if I'm describing it very well, but it was kind of like a holodeck planet type of deal. Oh man. Like Sulu shooting a gun and then, yeah. a sh- like a, a a fighter plane comes down and peppers a couple of crewmen, and it's it's just like a pleasure planet, but with animatronics. And then, uh, you know, they don't they just don't know, but eventually they're told, and they're like, oh, this could be the coolest planet ever. But like like I said, Jim, you know, Kirk's just fighting that one former person from his past because that was like what his heart desired type of deal. It's like beat up somebody and get beat up around a planet it's like the gorn all over again okay um oh goodness what is that called i think it's hold on hold on i think i got it my dude it's the apple is that what it was okay I think that's what it's called. Um, yeah, that's what it, what it is. Yeah, so that would have been season two, season two okay. of, of original series. Yeah, um, Enterprise arrives at Gamma Triangulife Six, a planet that appears to be a tropical paradise with very rich natural resources, and uh, protected by a godlike machine. Is that what you're talking about? There are three security team that uh, three security team members that um, they lose um, that shoots poisonous thorns and a bizarre lightning storm, explosive rock. Oh no no no, not that one! I know I do know the one you're talking about. <clears throat> uh, let uh, <laughs> research. Uh, this is yeah, on the fly lookup stuff, y'all. <laughs> I, I think I, I I did find it. It's called Shore Leave. Fifteenth uh, okay. episode of the first season. Okay. Um, Omicron Delta system. Uh, cool, cool thing. It's uh, McCoy. Uh, McCoy sees a large rabbit, like Alice in Wonderland rabbit. 
and Sulu finds a little like revolver and starts shooting it at like a samurai that's coming after him. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that that, that that's what it is. So, uh, Starfleet Cadet Finnegan, the cocky Irish practical joker, <laughs> who was the bane of Kirk's existence in his academy days. That's what it was. But he kept calling him Jimbo, too. It's like, man, Jimbo's got to... I wouldn't want to name my kid Jim just for the fact that I don't want him to be called Jimbo all the time. Yep. Yep. I was actually, you know, it's not Jimbo, but I was just having a conversation with my cousin uh, that I hadn't spoke to in quite a while for whatever reason. And, you know, his name is, is Andrew. And I'm like, I always thought you hated being called Drew. He's like, no, no, no. You can call me Drew. Call me Andrew. Just don't call me Andy. I hate Andy. Oh, really? I'm like, okay. Well, there we go. So, yeah, like the bane of people's existence. And, and Jim, I mean, yeah, it can be like a proper name for people. Like that can be a legal name, right? But like in most cases, Jim is like a nickname for James, which is the case for, for, for Kirk. I mean, his name is James Tiberius Kirk, and he goes by Jim right. with his friends. What if he just went by Tiberius? Oh, that's the like worst. Those, those those middle name middle name guys. It's like don't. Sorry, uh, can you not call me James? I prefer to go by my middle name, Tiberius. You can just call me Ty for short. It's fine. All right, Ty. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that'd be that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. So, well. What else do you want to talk about with this book? Um, again, I don't want to give everything away because I want people to, to get after it themselves. Yeah, for sure. I think there's only really a, one other thing that I think we should probably... Well, two things. that one, One's small and one's a little bit bigger. The small one is concerning the voice acting in the, the audio book. So uh, Shatner doing Scotty. Yes, and that was something that we were briefly talking about. I'm like, hey, we should probably record that. Yeah. <laughs> he did a heck of a job. I honestly thought that they just got like sound bites of James Duhon. It's like, are you, no, I think it was him. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, Shatner did did a very Shatner did all the voices of of the crew. So no yeah. no one came back um, to to perform in this in this audio. It was all Shatner. And I think the one I disliked the most was Chekhov, and the one I I liked the most was Scotty. Yeah, that was always kind of one of the things on the original series. They went very, very stereotypical with accents. So, like, even um, I I don't remember the actor's name who played Chekhov, so that's my bad. Walter but, Koenig. Well, there we go. Very thick. He laid it on thick, but yeah, I wasn't. It was it was eh in the book, but yeah, the, the Scotty was was actually pretty good. Of course, yeah. James Duhon was Canadian. He wasn't Scottish. Which fun fun That's fact? Acting. Fun fact about Jimmy Duhon is that he actually voiced most of the aliens and mm, yeah, other characters cool. on animated series. So yeah. So how that about that? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah. But uh, the, the last thing though, that I wanted to point out was the very, very end. Um, so we, we come back to Spock uh, standing over the gravesite, and there is a space battle. 
unmistakable sound of a transporter beam activating as Kirk's, Kirk's grave glows through the rocks from within. The grave mm-hmm. colla- then collapses on itself, and a gust of wind stops. Spock looks up towards the stars, unsure of what has just happened, or why. So yeah, so we we start out in on Ver- we start out Verdian three, you know, at the end of Star Trek Generations. Spock at some point after Star Trek Generations, and Spock is there visiting his buddy. We have all the events that happen through this flashback that take place six months prior to um, uh, Enterprise B incident happening. And then we flash forward again to to uh, Commander uh, Riker, Commander Riker, yep. with the cleanup crew and, and, and stuff there on Verdian 3 again. So a nice little bookend to, to this story. Um, and what it, what's encapsulating what it's doing, and I, I I like the fact that there's a couple different themes that are taking place in this. Uh, we're talking like changes in life stages, right? Uh, is is probably like the most central um, legacy. I think is another kind of theme that's taking place because there's this like unease of retirement with with Kirk and wanting like the the Starfleet officers coming up behind him to you know hope that they enjoy things um, as much if not more than he did in in yep. service to the fleet um, I think those are like the main two or three themes that I picked up on were, were there other themes that you kind of um, noticed you know kind of thinking back on this um <laughs> Caught you off guard. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'll be. I'll be a hundred percent honest. Like there was something that just caught my eye here, and then I, you know, I had to dive down a, a separate rabbit hole. In the wiki, it mentions characters and Carol Marcus. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't remember Carol Marcus being in this story at all. Neither do I. So then, I, I, I unfortunately was like, wait. And then you started getting real deep about stuff, and then I totally, um, I totally missed, totally missed the boat on that one. Sorry, rabbit hole got me. So, what was your question again? The themes? <laughs> yep, yep. I, I don't remember. I don't remember Carol Marcus in this at all, at all. Yeah, it's probably just a mistake, but it was just such like a. Obviously, we we know the name. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, from somewhere. I don't. I don't know where. But you know, I mean, it, it just seems so weird. It's like, wait a minute. So anyway, now, now I'm gonna have to like go back and maybe I can find it in the bookstore and then I can look at it manually. It'd be really fun. So this this book is like the perfect setup to a sequel. Like I said, this is a yes. trilogy, and and we're gonna talk about it again next month. Uh, with yep. that, with that sequel, so just stay tuned for that. Now, one thing that I do want to no- say, and I, I don't know if you noticed this, but like, it, it stuck out like hardcore to me, and it was the fact that it was actually said, "Beam me up, Scotty," in this story. Did you hear that? No, I don't think I remember that. Yeah, they actually say, "Beam me up, Scotty." 
in this movie or in, in, in this in this book wow no I don't I don't remember when, when, when did that happen uh, around chapter two or three of the audio dang so I was just looking at um, at a wiki and you might be looking at the same one too but you know it, it confirmed it for me that yeah they actually said it and this was apparently the very first time that it's been said in that order beam me up Scotty because, like, normally it's misquoted. You know, just like the whole Vader thing is always misquoted. Yes. Yeah, true, 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 true. So normally it's Scotty, beam me up, or Scotty, beam us up. But yeah. this was the first time, beam me up, Scotty. Oh. I'm going to tell you a little story then, just because that jogged a memory in my head. When, uh, <clears throat> when the first J.J. Uh, Star Trek movie came out, I went to the theater to see it. And... I don't know. It wasn't like pack pack, but there were a decent number of people. It was one of the larger theaters in town. And uh, I looked over and there is this, you know, kind of older, older guy with a really nice mustache. Very nice job to that man. But he, he had he was the only guy who had any Star Trek paraphernalia and he had a beam me up Scotty T-shirt on. He's probably a big fan of this book. That's why he got the shirt. Yeah. I bet, he was. I bet yeah. he was. I bet he read all the books. <laughs> Every single one of them. Lieutenant Commander's random stories. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, guy. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome for that. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool, though. That's that's fun. That at least there was one person, you know, flying their flag, you know, at the movie theater. That's cool. So. So overall, um, if we're doing like um, out of five stars, right? Because you know, you and I, we listened to it on Audible. Um, I couldn't find this book like immediately, so I had yeah. to go with Audible. Yes, um, otherwise, I would have read, read it. To be honest with you, um, so out of five stars, how would you rate this? Um, I I would say. That it is. That's tough. I, I, I wish it were longer. Um, I think. Uh, I, I feel a little bit like the whole Children of Heaven, the, the, the in quotations doomsday thing scenario was a little bit, a little bit understated. I mean, it's there, but it was a little bit understated for me. I really do enjoy some of the Kirk stuff, although, man oh man, he can be talked into about anything with a pretty lady. I would probably say, and, and I did enjoy the actual audio part of it as well, so I would probably put this at like a, mm, I want to say like a solid four, but I almost want to like say like a 3.8. Sure. If I had to give it, I would probably say like a real good solid 3.8, definitely a read, but it's not going to be for everybody. Okay. And for me, the I don't know, like the first part of it was was kind of hard to get into, um, like starting out the story for whatever reason for me. Um, but I think once I got past like the first hmm, maybe thirty minutes of the audio, I was like, I mean, I was in it. I was really in, I was really digging the story and, and getting into it. And like I said, there was a point in which 
I didn't think I was listening to an audiobook. I felt like I was in like a, you know, some kind of Star Trek production, which I mean, I wasn't Star Trek, whatever. Um, so I'm I'm right there with you. This thing would get four stars for me, four out of five stars for me. Cool. So yeah, you and I were we're right in the same camp in terms of how we'd rate this. So. Um, Anyways, for for the listeners out there, maybe I don't know. Have you read this? Have you have you listened to it? Um, have you ever heard of it? Uh, if you have, great. Love to hear what you have to say about it, and you know what you thought about it. Maybe give another listen. Uh, I want to encourage folks out there in listener land to check it out. You know, beam it in. Go to the replimat and pick it up, type of thing. And uh, and share your thoughts and opinions. We're going to we are going to be going over the second entry next month around this time, and uh, that'll be called the Return. And then um, eventually we'll get to the third and final book in this series, which will probably be sometime in August, and that's going to be called Avenger, not the Avengers, not the MCU. It's not an MCU book, Assemble. guys. Avenger Assemble. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Captain Kirk's here. <laughs> here. Oh, no spoilers. <laughs> All right. Well, Dave, I don't know if I can call you like a special guest anymore because you kind of live here now. I mean, you've been here enough, so I mean. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to I thank my guest host. Uh, I want. I, I do. I have quarters. <laughs> yeah, he's moved in. He's he's in the he's in guest quarters now. It's more than just one shirt and a pair of socks and the dresser, you know. <laughs> right. Toothbrush is there, you know. You brought your toothbrush. I'm so proud of you. Well done. Well done. Well, um, I know we've said it every single time that he's come on, but um, he does have great content over at um, his podcast, the Contingency Plan Podcast, for all you Star Wars fans or you know, if you're you know more of like a casual-ish kind of fan, like me, uh, you definitely want to check him out. So he's doing great stuff. Him and his brother, uh, I think you guys just started talking um, Rise of Skywalker retrospective stuff, and um, I know there's going to be other cool things coming out too. So um, you're on Twitter and Facebook, is that right? Yeah, Twitter at TC Plan Podcast, and then yeah, we also do have a facebook page as well yeah and um if you really want to support him, if you want to help keep the lights on at his show he does have a patreon and um i know you're you're starting to put out content at least in the near future you'll be putting out more content on patreon if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah i mean with the quarantine and everything you know the, the way we like to do that is we we like to do it together so it, it's it's been a little tough uh, to do that now, but now that you know things are lifting and we have a little bit more free time, we've we've got some schedule uh, going to uh, to get more more content up on Patreon just to make it a little bit more of a value. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, again, folks, um, you know, thank you all for listening, David. Thank you for for coming on um, and again and, and living here and. And being a regular with us, it's always a pleasure having you on for sure. Uh, as a reminder, like I said at the beginning of the show, if you're just tuning in, like you fast forwarded to the end for whatever reason, we do have a website, trtvpod.com. 
uh, make sure you check it out um, and you can interact with us there send us messages and just check things out we have um, more stuff that will be added to the website as um, as we move along uh, we have a few missing pieces but it's it's all there pretty much so uh, check it out and you know if you've enjoyed this show if you've enjoyed any of our shows and you'd like to help us you know keep the dilithium uh, crystals and stuff you know a working and stuff uh, consider supporting us financially at patreon.com slash these are the voyages uh, we have some very affordable tiers um, that you can that you can select and patrons get early access to episodes um, we also get um you know, input on some other things as well as um, plans of what future uh, episodes will be for the podcast. So uh, check it out if you are so inclined. And uh, with that, if you do want to connect with us, make sure you open up Hailing Frequencies. And uh, you can do that either at the website or you can do that by entering coordinates trtvpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice only transmission to 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute time limit and your comments may be used on a future episode. Now, finally, if you want to send us just regular old mail, like a package, a letter, something else, you can do that by entering coordinates to the Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Guys, thank you so much for listening to us, for picking up some ashes these ashes of Eden with us and, uh, and reminiscing about old age and, and new beginnings. And uh, with that, may you boldly go and make it so.